freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to episode number 117 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are in the studio pre-recording, so today it is Monday, July 2nd. You won't hear this until a few days later, so if some big news event happens, we're not ignoring it. We just It just hasn't happened yet. Uh, so I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. I'm the other guy, Dan Todd, and our theme today, which Cheryl will surely explain for us like she always does, is what one can do. Absolutely. I kind of wanted to call this the power of one, but then I looked back in our archives, which I always invite you to do as well, at gunfreedomradio.com, and click the On Demand tab, and I realized that we already have a show called The Power of One. So today, what one can do. Unless you are a lawyer, you likely don't know very many court cases by name. There is one, however, that is such a significant case that a celebration to commemorate its 10th anniversary was organized last week on the steps of the Supreme Court building in Washington, D.C. The case is known as Heller versus D.C., which culminated in the landmark Supreme Court decision that defined the wording of the Second Amendment to mean that individuals, you, and I have the legal right to keep and bear arms. We know we have the God-given right to self-protection, but the Heller v. D.C. case was the process to put into place the legal firewall limiting the government's power over individual citizens. The 10th anniversary celebration honored Mr. Dick Heller, one man who had determined to bring his case forward to be heard. And I am beyond proud to have been one of the speakers at such an historic event. That but for one dissenting vote would not even have been. At the time, the Supreme Court judges were tied four in favor and four against. And one person the late Justice Antonin Scalia tipped the scales for freedom. And that is what I want to talk with you about today, what one can do. When you listen to the political elite, the people who live and breathe to restrict our rights, you will hear them pointing to the government as the source of all protection and power. They use phrases that discourage individuals from realizing how much influence we have you and I. They constantly try to reinforce this notion that ordinary citizens really don't matter, except, of course, to line their pockets with our hard-earned tax dollars, but that's another topic for another day. They insist that were it not for them, we would be poor, helpless, lost souls wandering aimlessly in a vast and lawless wasteland. And sadly, when you listen to your friends and neighbors, you will hear many of them who have bought into that nonsense. You will hear how defeated they are, repeating things like, I'm just one person. What difference can I possibly make? Now, I know you don't believe that. We know that history was made one person at a time. By one person offering a vision to his or her circle of influence, it empowered another individual to do the same and on it goes. Now, we do sometimes forget that, me included, or we are afraid to be that one person because it can be intimidating to speak up. 
the rights restrictors sometimes appear to be bigger and louder and more numerous than those who love liberty. And those loud, angry voices sometimes threaten to drown out our courage and our resolve. But inside of every patriot, like our audience, Dan, is a soul that strains always toward independence and freedom. And the 10th anniversary celebration was gathered together because of a man who embodies that boldness. This one man spoke up for others who had become frozen. He decided to be that one person who would protect and defend the rights we all share, and in doing so inspired all those who came alongside to offer him help in his quest. He determined that he and we would not ask for permission to be free. As you know, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, and I'm a grandma, and everything I do is rooted in those things. What we do in our lifetime reverberates forward to all future generations, and when we invest ourselves in not only being educated, but involved in protecting and preserving all of our constitutional rights, and then instilling those values in the next generations, we are forming and placing strong and sturdy bricks on the pathway connecting the past with the future. And our children and our children's children can walk sure-footed ever on toward freedom. So, the Second Amendment. That is the front guard of freedom and all other rights, our constitutional rights, our human rights, and our civil rights. The Second Amendment is that important, and it must be protected, preserved, and restored for this and all future generations. And each and every person who is invested in that endeavor should be and will be celebrated. Not the least of which is Mr. Dick Heller, the dude, as he calls himself, which is his playful reminder to all of us that he is just a dude, a, a regular guy, just like the rest of us, and to encourage us in that, because his is the story of what we, in our ordinariness, in our singularity, can do to make a stand and change the world when we remember what one can do. Dan? Well, first of all, I'd really like to thank uh, Dick Heller because, you know, what if he wouldn't have woke up that, that morning and said, hey, we've got to do something. Yeah. What if he would have just been a normal guy like everybody else that just says, oh, somebody else will do it, right? But listening to you today, mm -hmm. I got a great idea. What is that? I know how to fix everything. <laughs> oh, boy. Here so we, we go. need all the politicians <laughs> to come around and gather around. We're going to talk. Okay. All right. First of all, criminals, mm -hmm. people that do violent crimes, mm -hmm. most of them don't pay taxes, hmm. right? Most I, of them probably. I think that's a fair assessment, right. a, a, a assumation. And also, they. <laughs> Is that also, a word? Yeah, and they mm -hmm. also cause us money. They cost us money, right? Mm -hmm. So if the politicians would think we need to protect our taxpayers, they need to protect themselves so that we get more tax dollars. Mm -hmm. That's change the way things are being done and let's give guns to all the taxpayers to protect <laughs> their money. I like it. Right? I like where you're going there, Dan. Okay, so Hillary, listen. Nancy, listen. Hmm. Pro let us protect ourselves so we can give you more money. Yep. Clever. I like it. That's it. Hey, we got a great lineup today. Our first hour, we have Greg Stubbe. He's a special force warrior, speaker, and author of Conquer Anything, a combat wounded veteran. After returning home and receiving extensive medical care, Greg's inspiring story makes him a sought-after speaker, inspiring others to achieve their highest possible goals in both their professional and private lives. We also have in studio Thomas Yoxall, mm -hmm. the responsibly armed citizen who saved the life of an Arizona Highway Patrol who was being attacked on a lonely stretch of highway. Thomas is also a street photographer and will soon begin hosting a radio segment on Arizona's KTAR about PTS. Then we have Laura Carno, 
She's a political strategist setting straight the relationship between citizens and their government. She is the author of Government Runs Nearly Everything and founder of I Am Created Equal and the Faster Colorado Chapter. Charter, excuse me. Also, at second hour, we have Doug and Sue Ritter with Knife Rights. Knife Rights was organized in 2006 to ensure a sharper future. I got that. Sharper future, night right? Okay. <laughs> I see what they did For there. For owners of one of mankind's oldest and most commonly used tools. While our knives are primarily tools, ultimate for our rights to own and carry these tools is enshrined in the Second Amendment. Who would have thought that we would have to talk about saving our rights to carry a knife? I'm sure he's going to talk about that. It's craziness. Then we have Craig Joyner, president of Arizona State and Rifle Pistol Association, the Arizona arm of the NRA. Yes, absolutely. I don't know if a lot of people really realize that, but uh, the Arizona State Rifle and Pistol Association, um, it embodies all the things that, that, that people don't seem to know about the NRA, and that is the educational and safety training and the connection to uh, the next generation through like the junior, high po- junior high-powered rifle um, teams, and ju- they just do incredible work. I had no idea until I was introduced to them how much they do to help our youth. Mm-hmm get involved in firearms in a good way in a safe way brings families together and i'm so proud that i am on the their board um i'm their media director and so um just an incredible group of people to work with um we also today on the show have our responsibly armed citizen report and dan's commentary you know today with all the in-store guests uh, in-house guests that we have today i don't Mm -hmm. know if i'm gonna have time for that or not well i guess you better start writing something mister but i also want to mention that this show is a proud member of the self-defense radio network find out more and check out all of the great content at selfdefenseradio.com Net. Super excited about today's show. Almost every single one of our guests is going to be in studio today. Got some incredible local talent here in Arizona. Um, So stick around. We got lots and lots to talk about. And of course, keep in mind what you can do when you think about our theme today. What one can do? What is your circle of influence? Who can you reach out to to help protect and preserve our rights? All right, stick around. More, more, more to come. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. AZFirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. AZFirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit AZFirearms.com. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf. Hi folks, I'm Don Kaiser. If you're looking for the biggest little gun shop in the West, look to azfirearms.com. They have 1,100 guns in stock and a knowledgeable staff to help you find just the right firearm for you. azfirearms.com is my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours too. 
Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, our first guest today is Greg Stubbe, a special voice for, let me try that again, easy for me to say, special forces warrior, speaker, and author of Conquer Anything, a combat wounded veteran. After returning home and receiving extensive medical care, Greg's inspiring story makes him a sought after speaker, inspiring others to achieve their highest possible goals in both their professional and private lives lives. I am so excited to bring you on. Greg, are you with us? Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And uh, your co-author of Conquer Anything, Frank Miniter, is who said, you know, don't pass go, don't collect $200, you've got to get Greg on the show. And so uh, I took that as absolute high praise. We love Frank. So thank you so much for having the time to, to come on. No, it's my honor. Believe me. So first of all, thank you for your service. You have an amazing life story, and I personally have huge respect for people who can come through adversity and resist that draw towards victim-mindedness. So can you talk to our audience a little bit about your story and how it led to you writing Conquer Anything? Well, uh, I joined the Army in 1988, and I spent four years in the infantry, became promotable to sergeant, and at that time, um, you had to be promotable to sergeant before you could try out for the Special Forces. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did that in 1992, uh, qualified to go to selection, and I spent the rest of my career until 2011 uh, as, as a Green Beret medic on the A-teams. Mm. Wow. That's, that's serious stuff. <laughs> you don't get to phone that in, right? No, oh, well, no, it's not a correspondence course, uh, but, <laughs> but it, uh, it took me around the world doing amazing things for this country um, that I'm very proud of. And the more I did out there on the tip of the, of the spear for U.S. foreign policy, the more proud I became of our country and mm. what we're concerned with worldwide. And it's, it's freedom and the human condition that we work so hard Uh, to support and maintain, and I got to be on the leading edge of that. That is so uh, refreshing to hear. I I think we get fed so much of the the voices that, you know, seem to be denigrating towards uh, America and what, you know, what our history has been. And, you know, history isn't always pretty. But it's ours, you know. It's like, look at at my family. You know, we're not always pretty, but it's the only family I got. So I'm proud of them, and I and I love them. And I wish more people spoke about publicly the way that you just spoke about um, our nation and and the fine people in it. Well, I I had the great fortune of spending 23 years in our army, and you know, a, a great majority of that time was overseas. Mm-hmm. And and if you really want to want to know what's great about home just leave it for a while Mm. yeah (laughs) and go to a lesser place and then you'll really really figure out what's great about your home and the country itself um and then i got wounded after 18 years of service Mm -hmm. and i spent significant time in the hospital and it it taught me how to uh make sense out of things it gave me some definitions in life that my ego didn't allow me to fully absorb before i got wounded Oh, wow. That's an interesting way of putting that. And so this wasn't like he got a paper cut. This was like life-threatening, limb-threatening, long, long road to recovery, um, if I'm not, uh, you know, stealing your, your words from you. Um, and, and you write about that journey uh, in Conquer Anything? That's correct. That's correct. Conquer Anything is really, it's my attempt And first of all, I need to say this. I didn't write this book to be some kind of expert, because I'm not. And and I don't write it from the basis of having gotten anything right, either, because I usually didn't. (laughs) Uh, This this is a book about a a life of mistakes, oversights, Mm -hmm. shortcomings. uh, But I had the, the great benefit of being able to watch amazing leaders in high stress situations 
And often it was my teammates and leaders that carried me through so much. Mm. Um, and I didn't know the full value of it, and I didn't really know how to be a good Green Beret until my time as a Green Beret was already over. Isn't that interesting? And then if you aren't then feeding back in in some way, even if it's just to, just to write a book, I don't mean to say just write a book, but if you don't feed back in to the next generation, then we have all that institutional knowledge that's lost. Right. Uh, I, I fully support the notion that we should be in the business of putting ourselves out of business. Hmm. Uh, I had to come to the realization one day that that I wasn't as great as I thought I was, and I actually do need people. Uh, I thought people needed me more than I needed them, mm. but then there were people in the hospital having to wipe my butt for me, mm-hmm. and that is so humbling. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I'd been supported my whole life in in better and stronger ways than I had ever supported anyone else. So it's really a team um story right how to rely on others and and not be the the lone ranger in the room all the time am i am i sensing that right well that's that's a big part of it uh conquer anything a green beret's guide to building your a team i wanted to i wanted to harness these lessons learned from the battlefield and and particularly from special operations and the a team in particular so so that i can pay those back to the country I was serving. Mm -hmm. Um, I think each one of us deserves those lessons learned, and we need it more and more in these challenging times. We need to learn how to be stronger as individuals, and we need to be able to build that A-team, no matter what we're doing, if if it's business, if it's our home life with our family, or if it's play on the weekend. If we want to do well, then we need to build a good team, Mm -hmm. and there's ways that that I witnessed A-teams doing that uh, and overcoming their own fear of dying to be effective in high-pressure situations. But it's not military stuff. It's human stuff that we can all extract and enjoy for ourselves, and, and that's why I wrote the book. That's awesome. So the theme of our show today is called What One Can Do. Um, and I know there's no I in team, right? But if you aren't <laughs> bringing your best self then um, then I think that you're, you're letting your teammates down. So I think maybe there's still some, some good bleed over between those two ideas. What do you think? You're absolutely right. And, and I did write uh, about some of that in the book. Um, the best you is what you need to bring to the team or you're no good to anybody. Mm. And uh, you can't expect others to bring what they've got or what you expect them to bring if you're not doing it yourself and too many of us we we pride ourselves on on the accomplishments of the past not realizing at all that it brings no value today we have to be our best today and we're only as good as we put our pants on and and commit ourselves to being each day absolutely and to show up i i think it's so easy to say well i'm one person what can i possibly do and uh think that somebody else is just gonna pick that up and and run with it and sometimes it it really is you it is each individual that has to uh to carry their own mantle into the team setting um so you were raised in a military family how much of this this perseverance although i am hearing you tell us that you you learned so much as an adult um but how much of this perseverance comes from being part of a military family and and serving in that way and the way that you were raised well, to, to be honest, I did receive training to become a Green Beret in the Army, but, but my upbringing is what qualified me in the first place. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of my brothers don't even know it, but it was a Navy chief that made me a Green Beret. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So, yeah, uh, I, grew up, I grew up as a Navy brat, and my dad had absolutely amazing standards. Mm-hmm. Um, and he held himself to those standards, mm-hmm. and, and he held me to those standards. And, and those are the things that I resented as a teenager. <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> but, but made me successful as an adult. And, and I think we've got some of that going on today where we just we want our kids to feel so safe and happy mm-hmm. that we're not giving them anything real and we're preventing them 
from their own success. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I look at the stuff going on in the news, I feel like maybe America is in its teen teenhood. You know, it's like we're <laughs> acting like a bunch of teenagers straining against the ropes of responsibility. Um, so you were, uh, you are a sought-after speaker, and you share your inspirational story. Can you think of a specific instance or two, maybe, when um, the people that you've enacted with were able to, or interacted with, were able to really change the trajectory of, of where they were able to go because of knowing you or knowing your story? Well, there are things that come to mind, and there have been uh, a lot of very touching stories that I've been um people have shared with me and, and 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 people still reach out to me and talk to me about it and I love that personal connection that I get to make. Mm-hmm. I think one of the most one of the strongest ideas for me was was telling a Vietnam veteran welcome home. Mm. Um, wow. He'd never heard that. All and, those years. And I realize ago. now so many have never heard that. Right. And I think the greatest impact that I could make in any room is to realize uh, what is that old song where he says, Oz never did give nothing to the tin man that he didn't already have? Hmm. What is I, that I song? I do. I, it's like Rush or something, I think. No, my husband's shaking his head. No. <laughs> is it America? It's America. It's America. Okay. He's shaking. He's nodding yes. We got it right. <laughs> so, <sighs> so, so what that, what that conjures up in my mind is that Everybody brings their core values into the room with them. And at that moment, I get to wake some of those things up and bring them to the forefront when that hasn't happened for a lot of people in a long time. Mm. What are the things in our daily life and in society that allow us uh, to be vigilant with those things, to really pay attention and be aware and, and have a group hug around them? Oh. Amen to that. Well, we're about out of time, but I definitely want uh, you to tell people how they can follow you, the awesome work that you do, and of course, also purchase your book, Conquer Anything. Well, thank you very much. I try to do a lot of professional development in law enforcement and corporate America with these team dynamics and leadership. You can look me up on gregstube.com. That's G-R-E-G-S-T-U-B-E.com. The book is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's a hardcover, Kindle, and Audible. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you for all that you do. And we're definitely going to check back in with you and, and see how things are going with the book and, and your speaking tours. Well, thank you. God bless. And I really appreciate you keeping, keeping the fabric of our Constitution active and, and in our awareness. Fantastic. You're welcome, and and thank you, and God bless you. Greg Stubbe, bye-bye now. All right, stick around. We have an in-studio guest sitting right here next to me, Mr. Thomas Yoxall. He is a real-life, living, breathing, responsibly armed citizen who saved the life of an Arizona DPS trooper, Ed Anderson. We'll be talking with him soon. Stick around. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. 
Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Well, welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform. We are brought to you by AZ Firearms, your hometown gun store. Well, our next guest is Thomas Yoxall, the responsibly armed citizen who saved the life of an AZ Arizona Depart- uh, Department of Public Safety trooper, Ed Anderson, who was being attacked on a lonely stretch of highway. Thomas is also a street photographer and will soon be hosting a radio segment on Arizona's KTAR about PTS. Hey, Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Dan. Cheryl, it's a pleasure to be here. You know, I'm looking at you and I'm, I'm thinking, you're just a normal guy. You know, you got a few tats, but you're just a normal guy, right? Uh, on I, most days. I expect you to come here with the Superman cape. <laughs> I expected you to, you know, be all like, oh, yeah, I'm the guy. Like Arnold you're Schwarzenegger. Not. Oh, yeah. You're not. And, and you saved a superhero. You know, that Department of Public... The, uh, DPS, DPS trooper, trooper, Ed Anderson. He's a superhero. Yes, he is. And you saved him. You, a normal guy. You're not, like, you're just a guy. So how does that happen? Yeah. Um, well, uh, I always sit there and say, um, fortune favors the prepared, hmm. or the bold. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I learned at a very young age from my father is if you're going to be a responsible gun owner, part of that comes down to training, um, consistent training, um, responsible training and um, that morning and you I always train for the worst possible conditions that you would encounter because it's never going to be in an air-conditioned you know closed range <laughs> gun facility like right. some people think or Hollywood With or good whatever. lighting right um, yeah. so that morning um, when I was uh, traveling to California um, you know it's it's 4 15 in the morning it's January it's pitch black out there mm-hmm. um, and it just goes to show you, you never know when that, that type of situation is going to happen. And first and foremost, I've always given thanks and praise to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for giving me the courage and allowing me that opportunity to Amen. do his work. Um, and then, you know, the fallback from that is having trained for so many years with groups of people who knew what they were doing, um, law enforcement, former military and stuff. It was a reflex response. Um, a lot of people don't understand when I tell them, you know, they, they'll ask what was going through your mind. And it was just, it was essentially nothing because the, the steps and everything that happens and everything that transpired in that several seconds was automatic. So um, you're driving down the road, you see the flashing lights from the patrol car. What made you think there was a problem that you need to get involved in? Well, I was actually traveling with someone, um, and it should be said, too, and, and I think this is kind of lost sometimes. Um, there were multiple people that assisted that day, um, from Sergeant Westick uh, with DPS. He was the first to arrive on the scene. Um, Heidi Jones, who was traveling with me. Um, you know, there's multiple people that, that played their part and played it flawlessly that morning to, to have the positive outcome that, uh, that happened. Um, you know... Again, you're driving, you're being cognizant of what's going around. So, you know, as, as we see the troopers uh, uh, red and blues, um, as they're getting closer and we can see traffic moving from the right to the left lane, the number two to the one lane, you know, that's an indication to us that there was an accident, something was going on. So we had actually slowed down um, a great deal and, and I had gotten over into the left-hand shoulder. And, and uh, as we uh, got to his flare pattern on the back of his cruiser, we can actually see what was going on. And it was immediate call 911. 
Um, you know, Heidi did an amazing job of relaying information, including the mile marker where we were at, which assisted DPS Absolutely. to get out there even faster. Um, and again, Team I effort. just, yeah, pulled the truck over and, you know, I, I came out with my pistol and people will understand this if they train the close ready. And it was just, you know, quick, really quick. Everything happened so fast. And, um, and again, you know, I give thanks and praise where it should go to first and everything else falls back on that, that years of just training and it just all came back to me. So right, and I want to give some credit to Heidi, too, because, mm -hmm. you know, in a normal situation, they say, oh, don't get involved, you know, hold you back from getting out of the car. And, you know, you saved a man's life. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, she did everything right, you know, as far as her end, um, remaining calm and being able to relay that accurate information to a uh, 911 operator definitely made the difference. Save precious time. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned another trooper um, in, in that, the story, but he wasn't there at the time that you had to take action. Correct, um, that was Sergeant Westick. Um, he was actually on his way to the East Valley to start his day and, and, and got the call and, and he was first to arrive on the scene. Um, he performed flawlessly, admirably, um, you know, was able to take control of the scene from me, mm -hmm. essentially, mm -hmm. um, and just did an amazing job. And, and people don't understand that you're a law enforcement professional and you've just received over the radio a call that, that <laughs> One of your close friends, one of your, you know, um, coworkers is shot and you don't have mm. a status and you don't know what to expect. So um, the way he performed, the way he handled everything um, should be commended. And I mean, that just goes to show the level of training yes. our law enforcement professionals in the state of Arizona have. It's top notch. Right. And at any time, did you feel threatened or worried when the first uh, officer come to the scene? No, actually, I didn't. And again, from that that training and being cognizant of my surroundings. So, you know, after the, the shooting itself was, was done, um, we started rendering aid um, to add. Um, I realized, you know, law enforcement, first responders, everybody's gonna be here momentarily. So actually, after I knew that there was no chance from another bad person mm -hmm. in involving, um, I had set my uh, firearm towards the right shoulder and as soon as Sergeant Westick approached, um, got out of his cruiser, I actually put my hands on top of my head and I declared myself, my name's Thomas, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, here's the trooper, here's suspect. Um, you know, there was a second person involved in the initial crash, you know, that was behind me. I gave him as much information as I could, as quickly as I could, mm -hmm. and I, knowing that would help him um, really sure. gain control of the situation and realize what he needed to do next. That's one of those things that we always hear from people that live in states that that don't have uh, the kind of rights in place that we have protected here in Arizona is, well, the police are going to show up and they're just going to start shooting everybody. And so they're going to end up hitting the wrong people and the good Samaritans. And, and I say, well, okay, could that happen? I suppose. Does it happen? No, it really doesn't. And, and so much of that is uh, on the citizen as, as well as the, the, uh, officers but the citizen to realize that the the officers don't have you know magic vision to know exactly who's who so correct. we have to convey to them with body language and words as quickly as possible correct yeah absolutely so that is just an incredible story and we still um we're going to be having trooper anderson on in a couple of weeks and talk to him because i know that um you know clearly obviously he just uh, he loves you and uh, you guys have remained close. Well, and everybody talks about, you know, how you have members of law enforcement, first responder community, military, stuff like that. And, you know, they're good people, members of the community, everything like that. Um, getting to know Ed over these last 16 months, I mean, he really personifies just what a good human being is in general. Um, you know, even if you take out the fact that he's been law enforcement for 28 years with DPS, he is an amazing man within his community. And the fact that he is was able to help so many lives up to this point, and the fact that he continues to make a difference in so many lives within his community at Tonopah now is a true testament to his strength and resilience. And, awesome. you know, if anybody's to be considered the hero out of this situation, it would definitely be Ed. He's truly an amazing individual. I just I love you guys both so much and and just the way that you constantly give each other that kind of praise and credit is just 
Ah, it's just a God thing that you guys, God put you in the place he did at the exact moment that, that Ed needed you. Absolutely. So he can continue his, his journey. His works, of, absolutely. Yeah. He has still some amazing things left to accomplish on this planet. Right, and I just wonder how many people passed and didn't even pay attention and didn't even care several. what was going we on. We saw several vehicles right. actually pass, and Heidi's was the only 911 call. We know that for a fact. So oh, if you, my gosh. Right, and if you would have just went on by, then Ed would not be alive today. Correct. That was they positive. didn't even pick up a 911 nope. phone to... That Nobody. is yeah. that is not even okay. But all right. So moving forward, you have become a regular contributor to our Arizona FM radio station KTAR in a weekly on a weekly basis with something called Facing Arizona. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So I was actually very fortunate to meet Jim Sharp last year. Him and I have become very close friends. He's an amazing gentleman, a mm-hmm. uh, source of inspiration. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, hanging out at the studio and getting to know Jamie and and Jim Cross and everybody, Mm -hmm. um, I was approached uh, with a concept to do something called Facing Arizona. Um, They enjoyed my photography style, my writing style. So on a weekly basis, um, I'll talk to anybody who's a resident of the state of Arizona and to hear their story. Um, And now um, some people talk about you know how long they've lived here their transplant sometimes it's mildly political sometimes it's actually funny and anecdotal um, I talked to somebody the how week fun. before Star Wars came out and they're like I can't tell you how I'm excited <laughs> about Star Wars and if you can't have fun in this life what's it worth you know um, so it's good um, I'm very thankful um, that the group at KTR lets me run with this um, they, they don't edit anything that I put forward because then it becomes more of an editorial about the interview and it yeah. takes out the essence of the interview itself. But I've met some amazing people from around the state. Um, I've spoken to everybody from homeless heroin addicts um, to Diane Douglas. So it's been an amazing experience for me. Every life has a story and I love that so much. Um, and we should be able to catch that online all across the country, right? Because our listeners are from everywhere. So. Yeah, yeah. You can actually go to KTR's website or you can go to their Facebook page. So we are about to run out of time, unfortunately, but um, we did mention your photography and I do want you to let people know how they can follow that because such beautiful work just so raw and just amazing art um but you're also going to be doing a, a radio segment on pts do you have any details on that yet or is it a little too early no it's never too early so um <laughs> yeah so again with the backing and blessing of ktar we're going to be doing a podcast series um, um on ptsd and it's called come as you are um they've been amazing uh as far as working with me and helping me develop this concept um, here in the month of July, we'll actually be laying down audio tracks and developing storyboards. Um, and definitely look for those the first part of August, and I'll let everybody know when that happens. That is so awesome. So your handle on, uh, I think it's Instagram, is Arizona Hooligan. Correct. Uh, but you're also Sure Shots Photography AZ. So tell folks about your, your photography, and then we have to run. Okay. So um, I go out, and I travel the country, and I will talk to anybody who talks to, or is willing to talk to me, and um, I take their photos during the conversation. And the most important thing to me is to um, capture the essence of the conversation and, and one encapsulated moment uh, that will tell a story without any type of words. And I, I couldn't feel more blessed to have that opportunity to do. It's amazing. I love it. I'm so proud. Danny as well. So proud and blessed to know you. Thomas Yoxall. Thank you. No, thank you for having me on. It was very, very appreciative and, and very humbling. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Well, stick around. We have Miss Laura Carno on up after this. Now, she is an author and she is involved in something called FasterColorado.com. This is about faculty, administrative, staff, training for emergency response, guns in schools, right? Stick around. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun? 
Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knoll Town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf.org. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at PottyGoldEstate.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are glad you're here with us today. And if you missed any portion of this show, please go back and check our website for the recording. It's gunfreedomradio.com. Click the On Demand tab and just binge listen to your heart's content, all 116 other episodes. And if you want to put a face to a voice, click the guest tab and you will see a photo of every guest we've had and links to books they've written, articles about them, uh, things that they're involved in. It's just a really great resource and we, we don't hate it when you spend time there. So our next guest is Miss Laura Carno. She is a political strategist setting straight the relationship between citizens and their government. She is the author of Government Ruins Nearly Everything. She's the founder of I Am Created Equal and the FasterColorado.com charter. And we're going to be asking her about all those things. Miss Laura, are you with us? I am. How are you? Wonderful. And thank you so much for being available. Um, I think I asked you yesterday, hey, can you step in? And you were like, okay. <laughs> so Yeah, I'm, it's all it's all good. And yeah. anytime anytime for you guys, you're awesome. Oh, and right back at you. And so I want to uh, launch first with talking about fastercolorado.com and um, all the work that you're doing there because it has to do with guns in school. It has to do with arming teachers. Um, But you are part of a huge success story with those things. And uh, like I've started saying, we're not arming teachers. We're just not disarming people like me who that's part of my wardrobe. And if I was a t- any of whatever my day job is, that my firearm goes with me. And so suppose I'm a teacher. Well, I've already got the training and everything. So wh- why would you have me disarm before I go to work? Right. So, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. And and when you look at, you know, every state's different, but when you look at the percentage of concealed carry holders in each state, you have to ask yourself the question, are there any teachers or janitors or principals among those concealed carry holders? Well, of course there are. Mm-hmm. And you're right, it's not about arming teachers. We're not rolling up to every school with a wheelbarrow full of guns <laughs> saying, come pick one. Um, this is about... Uh, making sure our kids are as safe as possible and that if a bad guy comes in to your kid's school or your grandkid's school with the intent of taking a whole bunch of life, that somebody is there as close as humanly possible to stop that. And at Faster Colorado and in Ohio at Faster Save Lives, um, we teach those people, those who, who are authorized to carry, we give them the best possible skills so that if the worst possible thing happens, they have the best chance of saving lives. I love it. Now, what does that acronym stand for, FASTER? Yeah, FASTER stands for Faculty Administrator Safety Training and Emergency Response. 
And I like that acronym, and I love the word because it helps us remember that the faster you stop the killer and the faster you stop the bleeding, the fewer people die. And that's really what it's about. If, you know, the, the old saying, when, when seconds count, the police are minutes away. And so many of these things are over in three to five minutes that you know, even if you're in the suburbs or in the city, um, that's just not, it's not fast enough. It really isn't, and I love the um, the emergency medical training that's involved in that because that is where I would really not be very effective in, in my current training level. And so often we find out later that um, a lot of the deaths were because that were preventable had there been emergency medical training right immediately available because they have to wait, the police have to wait until the scene is secured before they allow the um, emergency workers to come in. Am, am I right about that? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and we're talking about tactical combat casualty care, or TCCC, and it's very similar to what is taught to soldiers overseas who aren't medics. And it's sort of the how do you keep your buddy alive who just got shot while we get him to real medics. And so the, it's really interesting because during the TCCC training, they take the class members through you know, sort of that history when a tourniquet used to be looked at as the last resort. You don't want to lose a limb by putting a tourniquet on. And the, the research has completely flipped that on its head that you can have a tourniquet on for hours and hours without losing a limb. But if you don't put it on soon enough, they could bleed out. And so there's lots of, of training on tourniquets. They all go back. To their school with trauma kits that include tourniquets. Um, so, you know, we're hoping that that alone can help save lives as well. And so one of the things that people think is, well, this will never work. Like, this just sounds too, you know, off the, the mark and, you know, too revolutionary. And then I love to respond with, well, it's been working for five years and thousands of people trained and not one derogatory incident. Um, but, right. I mean, what what can you add to, to that to help people better understand that, you know, so you what's the alternative? You just hide until hopefully the bad guy doesn't find you and, right. and wait while your friend uh, has an open artery bleeding out? Why wouldn't you want to invest in training like this? Right, exactly. And and you talk about, you know, what's happened over the last five years and the history of this FASTER training program. Um, our friends in Ohio at Buckeye Firearms Foundation, they started FASTER training in the days and weeks following Sandy Hook. They said, we have to do something. Even if only one person shows up to class, we have to do something. And and, you know, think about how terrifying it was in those days after Sandy Hook. And they got 2,500 applications <laughs> for 24 spots in their first class. Wow. So when people say the demand's not out there, that's just not accurate. And in fact, in um, going on six years of training, uh, they're in the middle of their sixth season. Um, they've trained over 1,400 people already. Wow. And that's a, that's a lot of demand. Here in Colorado... Uh, with the help of Ohio, we started our first faster class um, last year in the summer of 2017. And then this year we have three classes on the books. And I may, before the end of the year, have to add more classes just due to demand. And, you know, what it is, Cheryl, is, is parents are saying to their schools, I demand that you return my child to me alive hmm. every day, hmm. not most days, every day, hmm. and figure out how to make that happen in, in schools you know, are, are looking at all of the above solutions. And you know, we're, we're delighted to, to see that. And we're here to provide training for free if necessary. We don't want, we don't want anybody to have to forego this life-saving training due to lack of budget. Absolutely. And that's the other thing is that people always push back with, well, we're not even paying teachers enough. How, you know, how can they afford this training? Or how can the schools afford the training? Um, and then the equipment, and you. This is a, a donation-based organization, right? Right. Yeah, and I do look forward to the day when um, state employees who work in state buildings, um, when when their employer, the state, sees it as a, a just a normal course of business. Mm -hmm. Of course, we have armed staff. Of course, we should get them trained every year. 
um, I, I look forward to that day. Mm-hmm. We're not there today, but we're not going to wait around. We're simply uh, raising private donations to be able to fund that. And, you know, we've, um, gosh, we've met a whole bunch of great people who say, I love this program. How can I help? And they're willing to write checks. The, the tuition is about $1,000 a person. And some can pay for tuition. Some can pay a part. Um, but by far, the vast majority do need that full scholarship. And, and we're happy to to work our behinds off finding money for them. I'm surprised it's only $1,000 a person because the, the training is, it's priceless. It's life-saving. It is. So. Yeah. And it's, um, so our instructors here are all active duty law enforcement trainers. They take vacation days to do this. Um, we do compensate them, but they give us a very reasonable price. Um, we use a, uh, a law enforcement training facility and they do charge us rent. Um, but again, it's a very reasonable price. And, you know, just like any other area of my life, I am a fiscal conservative. We pinch pennies mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that this is affordable as possible. I love it. So speaking about the rest of your life, you just happen to be an author of a really, really good and really interesting book, because I think it challenges people, no matter where they land on the political spectrum, because you you pose kind of um, arguments throughout it to make us think and make us go, well, wait a minute, how can I say I'm on the side of freedom if I believe that that right should be restricted? And just really beautifully written, and it's called Government Ruins Nearly Everything. Talk to us about that book. Yeah, you know, it's been out for a couple of years, and you've been like a publicist to me. Because <laughs> I love it uh, so much. Information. Yeah, and it's it, it is a very simple book. Um, it's You don't have to have a, a degree in political science to get through it. And I really mean it for people on both sides of the political aisle, because each side of the aisle says people should be free to choose these things, but not these other things. Mm-hmm. And you, you flip the issues on the side of the aisle, and, and they say it differently. And, and I just think, um, gosh, we're actually, as individuals, smarter than government as a whole mm-hmm. to make our own decisions in our life and to bear the responsibility. And, you know, sometimes you know, I, I refer to it as, you know, freedom is messy business. Sometimes we don't like what our neighbor does with his freedom. We need to learn how to shrug our shoulders and say, okay, well, he does that thing over there that I don't like, but maybe he can just shrug his shoulders at he doesn't really care for the fact that I'm a gun owner. Okay, mm-hmm. well, we can we can just both express our freedom differently and um, get along as Americans who just love freedom. Because I do, I do think that freedom is a very high ideal, um, higher than any one political issue. Absolutely. I cannot agree with you more. And when, when we are caused to uh, kind of check in with ourselves the way your book does, you know, and, uh, you know, examine our own thoughts and critically think about you know, what does freedom really mean? What does liberty really mean if I'm going to put my thumb, the, the thumb of government over my neighbor uh, because I don't like right. the way he thinks or behaves or, or lives his life? So it's really, right. really good. I, I highly recommend it. Well, we've got to run, but thank you again so much for being here. Tell folks just as we go out again about how they can get involved, even just to, to, to donate some money or um, maybe they can sure. some, somehow volunteer for the, the FasterColorado.com. And just tell folks about those things. Sure. So folks can go to FasterColorado.com. They can read about the program. They can contact us. Um, there's lots of good videos. I do a lot of media here in Colorado on the program. And they can also donate right there at FasterColorado.com. If folks want to see more about the book, they can go to my website, LauraCarno.com. There's a big old picture of the book. You can't miss it. And it takes you right to the link on Amazon.com uh, to be able to find the book. So that's uh, FasterColorado.com and LauraCarno.com. Love it so much. Love you so much, Miss Laura Carno. Thank you. And we will be talking to you again soon. Thanks, as always. Appreciate being on your show. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Stick around. We still have another hour, a full hour of Gun Freedom Radio. We've got some in-studio guests sitting just over my shoulder here. Doug and Sue Ritter of Knife Rights. Why do we need knife rights, kids? Let's stick around and find out right after this. 
When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Hey, this is Lloyd Bailey, the Armed Lutheran, host of the Armed Lutheran Radio Podcast, reminding you that the podcast you're listening to is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Check out all the great content at selfdefenseradio.net.